This is Allergy Proof. It's a community of people who've been through it all when it comes to their health. They're our yours only customers with real stories that really need to be heard. I've been through a lot in my life and my health has really suffered because of it. I spent 30 odd years trying to work out why I was always so sick and it's only now that I've been able to deal with all the physical, mental and emotional trauma to my body. My goal is to continue to build a platform that tells other people's health journeys so for those who can't find answers might find hope or potentially a new path for them to try. Let's normalise these conversations and share them with friends, share them with family I hope that we can help you find some answers for you or someone special as I tackle one topic at a time. Hello, I have been promising this episode for a long time now. I literally don't even know where to start. I've had such a crazy couple of months. I need to update you on some new health diagnoses that I've had, what's been happening just in general, especially when I was sick in December, the warehouse fire and what's next. If you're listening to this episode on live day, today is actually my wedding. And after five and a half years of working for myself and not being able to switch off, I am hoping to take three weeks off so I can relax and reset. We are going on an incredible honeymoon to the Hamilton Islands in Ely Beach. The agency has a full team of staff who I have spent literally the last six months training up so I can get to this point. And All of yours only is currently on pre-order, so I don't have to worry too much about marketing. So to start, let's talk about my health because a lot of people have been asking for a bit of an update and I just kept saying, just wait and I will get to it. So first up, which I haven't even really put anywhere, I don't think, is a new diagnosis called osteopenia. So my sister actually fractured her foot just from walking up some stairs And at the age of 35, she found out that she had osteoporosis. So you mainly hear about osteoporosis with people who are over the age of 60 and older and break their bones. But her doctor said that she was the youngest patient they have ever seen. Cool, cool. It runs in my family. So I went and did a bone density scan at my sister's request. I mainly just wanted to see where I was at. I thought I would be fine, but I do have something called osteopenia, which is basically the step before osteoporosis which is not ideal. And a lot of people who do have celiac disease are prone to osteoporosis. So I kind of expected it, but I didn't think that I would have it at the age of 33. So I am now on calcium and magnesium supplement. I'm working very closely with an exercise physiologist. So she is basically going to help build up my muscle and bone strength. When I went for my first appointment, she told me about 15 times that I was the youngest person she's ever seen with osteopenia, lol. She took me through a heap of studies and gave me lots of information about it and basically said that all of the studies that they have are for people over the age of 60. But for my plan, I need to work on about two to three times per week just for around 30 minutes doing some really long and slow reps until I can't push myself any harder. So it's all about building the muscle, which is attached to the bone so I can build that strength up. The aim is to reverse my body back into a healthy range. So once it goes from normal to osteopenia, you can go back slightly, not completely, but once it hits osteoporosis, it's really hard to get out of the osteopenia range. So I guess this is my time to work on it. And if you know anyone that does have osteoporosis, you'll know that they may have taken injections or had medication, but that only works for eight to nine years. So I need to hold on to that and maybe do that when I'm older. 
My next diagnosis is adenomyosis. And if that is new to you, it was also new to me. But if you've heard of endometriosis, then you definitely will know what adenomyosis is. Essentially, I have had bad period pain since I was 12. And now that I have dealt with my SIBO and mold illness, I was able to put it down to the fact that I was feeling really sick just around my period. So I would have two weeks of feeling really good. And then for a couple of weeks leading up to my period, I would feel horrendous. I have a full histamine response. So my hands, my feet, and my face completely swell up. I take two antihistamine a day, and I also take cotofitin, which is a compound script, which is a mast cell stabilizer and an antihistamine. So it helps the symptoms, but it doesn't completely get rid of everything. And essentially... If you don't know what adenomyosis is, it's endo but in the uterus. So you usually hear people say that they have endo maybe like in their bowel, around their uterus or in certain areas inside their body. But for people who have adenomyosis, it's basically the condition of the uterus where the cells similar to the lining of inside the uterus are actually present in the muscle wall of the uterus. So this basically means that when I have my period, the cells also bleed because they are trapped inside the muscle layer and they form little pockets of blood in the uterine muscle wall, which to me sounds so horrendous and it is. So at the minute I am currently seeing a Chinese doctor and getting acupuncture every week or every second week, depending on where I am with my cycle. So my main symptoms for adenomyosis is that I have extreme stomach pain. I have bloating where it actually looks like I'm pregnant, but not just like normal bloating. It's like my stomach is like rock hard. I have heavy periods, my face and my whole body is super puffy. And then I had to be super careful with what I eat. So it needs to be really simple, low histamine food. And then I also get incredibly tired and moody. For people who have endo, who have keyhole surgery, that's the best way for them to be able to remove the endo lesions. But if you have adenomyosis, the only way to do it is to have your entire uterus removed. So Not something I'm going to do now, but I will definitely consider it once I've had kids. And the next one. So when I got sick in December, if you follow me on socials, you would have seen that I had a horrendous case of COVID and ended up in hospital. I can hand on heart say it was the sickest I have ever been in my entire life. I was in Sydney for an event with Gritty Pretty just beforehand, which was incredible. And then the day after I got back, I was so, so tired. And I started to lose my voice. It got really croaky. My brain felt really foggy and I just knew it was COVID. So I got Luke, my partner, to go get a test for me and it was a very hard positive. And then over the next few days, I just continued to get so much worse. Like my cough sounded like I had emphysema. My body ached from head to toe. I had a raging temperature. My face completely clogged up. It was just full of phlegm. I had an intense earache. My knees and my back were so sore. Like I could not sleep. I had to put ice packs on my knees. And then at day three, I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to start to get better. And then I just got worse. So day six came around and I ended up with chronic diarrhea to the point where I just slept on the bathroom floor. I couldn't stomach anything, like even water made me go to the bathroom. I got so dehydrated that the top of my tongue had like a white layer on top of it and I could hardly swallow. So then by day nine, I started bleeding from my bum, which is gross, I know, but 
I mean, before this sickness, I didn't even tell anyone that I even went to the bathroom and now I just don't even care. Like I even shit the bed and told Luke and had to deal with it. And now I'm like, whatever. Then, so that was day nine. And by this stage, I was testing negative for COVID, but I was in so much pain. I was so weak from having no water or food. I ended up having to go to emergency. My partner, Luke, tested for positive by this point. So he couldn't come in with me. So... I went in by myself. They admitted me straight away and I had blood tests and a stool test. And the blood test said my inflammatory marker was around 130, where the usual range for a flare is around 40. So the emergency doctor was like, okay, we have to admit you, but I have literally no clue what was wrong with you. And he had no clue about anything. He even tried to give me codeine and I was like, no, that's going to flare up my stomach even more. And then he was like, I don't understand, you're in pain. I'm like, yes, but codeine is going to make my stomach even worse. Annoyingly, they kept saying that my stool test results would come back, but they don't come back for two days because they've got to grow it in a lab. And then in the lab, they have to see what grows with it. So they decided to admit me and I was at Epworth Hospital and they have this rule at Epworth in Richmond that you can't be admitted within 10 days of testing positive for COVID. So They were going to transfer me to Box Hill Hospital and I waited for hours and hours and hours and they didn't say anything. And then they ended up just saying that I would stay in emergency overnight and then get admitted into a ward in the morning. So by this stage, I was on a drip and I had to get unplugged every time I needed to go to the bathroom, which was such a pain. And then at changeover, one nurse said to me that I had to stop using their bathroom and go in a bucket. And I was like, what? I am literally bleeding from my bum and I have chronic diarrhea and you're telling me I have to do it in a bucket in the middle of emergency. And she was so mean to me and I just said, can I please go to the bathroom and deal with this when I get back? And then by the time I got back, another nurse came to me and gave me my own bathroom and my own private room. Thank God. And that night, overnight, I ended up getting conjunctivitis. So my entire face swelled up and my eyes swelled up and I couldn't see out of them. So I needed to have eye drops and my whole immune system basically just crashed. I fully looked like I had a anaphylaxis reaction. And then eventually the next day in the afternoon, I was put into a ward in full isolation and I wasn't allowed any visitors and the nurses were in full PPE outfits. And... By the next day, that was day 11, I was in absolute agony. I was crying on the floor, like buzzing the nurses, begging them to find out what was happening because I honestly had never been in so much pain. Then the gastroenterologist finally came barging in and told me that I had salmonella, which is so weird. He first of all said, have I had a kebab? And I said, absolutely not. I cook everything from scratch, everything from home and everything's fresh and I only eat chicken. I at this stage I wasn't I hadn't had eggs for two years and the only food that I would have could be chicken, but my partner ate the same. It was very bizarre. So he said it could have been an immune reaction from COVID and it could have potentially been Crohn's, which also runs in my family. So that was a bit stressful, but I was able to get out for Christmas Day. So I was able to spend Christmas with Luke's family. And was still very sick and was given home antibiotics and then bed rest. So that is one plus. So although being at the hospital helped, I did have my integrated GP on call throughout the whole experience. By this time, I didn't really feel like the hospital understood anything else other than the fact that I had COVID and salmonella and that was it. And it was very much like, here's some antibiotics, go home and have some bed rest, maybe come back and have a colonoscopy. But 
I was speaking to my integrated GP and she was like, it could be the fact that you've had COVID, your immune system is so low that some dormant bugs could have come back and affected you and your immune system was so weak that potentially the salmonella was picked up from something that was very minor undercooked and it didn't affect Luke. I don't know. I honestly have no idea where I got it from, but she was incredible. She told me which meds to go off from. She also helped me with what foods that I should be eating to make sure I was on a super clean diet, stayed on that diet for two weeks afterwards. And then for the first time in absolute like decades, I was actually able to tolerate probiotics, which means that I was able to clear a lot of the harmful bugs from my gut. So my gut is actually able to take it in and rebuild. And so I had a colonoscopy a couple of weeks afterwards and was really stressed that potentially I was Crohn's, uh, but nothing showed up. It just said that I had colitis, which means that it was just a swollen areas in my colon, but that's normal. And so I'm just so thankful that it ended up not being anything and that I've been able to heal. I do feel like my gut is not 100%. It's still... It's still a work in progress, but I was able to introduce a few foods after I had the antibiotics, which means that my gut is going to eventually have more food, and I'm very hopeful for that. Then going back to work, I've started to work a four-day work week, which has been incredible for both my physical and mental health, and I have an incredible team who's been able to support me so I can chill at least until the other week. (laughs) I was on a really good path, healing, getting married, spending more time so I can focus on yours only. And then on January 26th, our warehouse went up in flames and very unexpected. I had all my stock in another warehouse with a 3PL, which basically means that they pack and send my orders as well as other orders of brands in the warehouse. And it was a targeted attack, which basically meant that my entire stock went up in flames And it happened on the weekend of my hens and a lot of people thought that it would get cancelled, but I just wanted to spend time with my friends and feel really supported and I'm just very, very lucky that I had insurance. I lost 100 grand worth of stock and I'm hoping to get all of that money back, but it still doesn't count for all of the other money that I've lost. The whole process has taught me a lot about business and insurance, and I have spent the last few weeks ordering stock, organizing everything with supplies so I can basically go on my honeymoon with everything sorted. I currently have some packaging sitting at a client's warehouse, and then I just need to wait to go into production. So my supplies are incredible and moved a lot of things around. I still don't have a warehouse and I have no idea what I'm going to do when I get back, but I will have clean coat, coat mini and balm the day I get back from my honeymoon. And then I have some time to work it out. I'm so grateful for the community and the people that I've connected with since the fire. It's helped like fill my cup so much. Like I feel like I've met so many people and so many people have been desperate to get some product, which I've secretly been able to send out what we have at the office. But it's just been such a positive few weeks, even though it's been rough. I just have so much faith in the brand and I just know that it's going to grow. And I'm so happy and so confident that it will continue to grow. From all of this, my one piece of advice for everyone is to make sure you get your insurance sorted. I had private health insurance, which meant that I was in a private hospital for a week and I only had to pay my excess. For the fire, I was covered for all of the stock, but I wasn't covered for disruption insurance. And I don't have income protection. So when the business isn't making money, there's nothing I can do. I just... I could have done it through my super, but I didn't have the right insurance. So there's so many things that you need to consider, which I did not. 
Anyway, I feel like I've just spat out all of my problems from the last like few months, but I have been promising an update. And so here it is. I'm still juggling Pep, yours only, my health and life, but I am very confident to make a positive change this year. And I thank you for being part of the ride. I just really want to create a community of people who are confident, who want to socialize, who want to connect with others who are in the same boat. So if you want to chat, please feel free to slide into my DMs via Ashley Templar. Chat soon. This podcast was recorded on Wurundjeri land. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Thank you for listening to this episode of Allergy Proof. I don't ask much of you, but if you could leave us a review to let others know how we helped you or a special someone with new information for your health journey, I would love that. You can follow me, your host, on Instagram at Ashley Templar, spelled A-S-H-L-I, or our skincare brand where all of our guests are our customers at Yours Only Co.